0: Hey, welcome to the Afikta podcast. Today we got another episode of Quarter Tones. So our guest is very special. His name is Yassin Al Salman, but most people know him as Narsi. He is a rapper and musical artist and founder of Iraqafella. Narsi is a multi-talented, multi-dimensional guy and this conversation is absolutely fantastic. I love seeing it. If I were to recommend you go onto the YouTube page, For any quarter tones, this is it because his music is amazing, but it's highly visual and we show a bunch of the music videos. So I highly recommend going over to the YouTube page, but enjoy the podcast. This is a lot of fun. All right. Welcome, everybody. We're going to get started in just a minute. Thank you for joining. What is a live recording of our quarter tone series? Our special guest is Yassin Al Salman, otherwise known as Narsi. He goes by many names. He is a rapper and musical artist, founder of Iraqafella Records a multi-talented multi-dimensional uh guy who has been an inspiration to me for a long time he's an iraqi canadian rapper he's currently based in uh, quebec montreal but is on the road constantly narcy welcome to africa Quartertones. How are you doing making to see you it's great to have you um and you you know the drill this series is um based off you know, like old school radio shows, where an artist would roll into town for a few days uh, on tour and go play a little bit of their music, let the listeners understand where they're coming from, but also uh, talk a little bit about their work and where they're coming from. So the way this is going to work, we're going to talk for a few minutes and then um, jump into three interludes that we've spoken about before, and hopefully have some Q A at the end from the audience. Okay, so the the first thing i want to chat with you about is you are a professor
1: <laughs> yes i am i am a professor
0: people don't i don't think a lot of people know this that um you know outside of the world of music and the world of design and and production and touring and thinking about activism you spend your days educating people what what's that how does that sort of like weave into this broader part of your life? Well, you know, I learned how to make music at,
1: at Concordia University. Having the privilege to be uh, in my early 20s on campus uh, I figured like let me be here as long as I can. you know I'm, I'm privileged to be in this space to have to be afforded the education that's being given to me so let me make the best of it. So when we used to do our sound project assignments, we used to stay overnight, me and two of my friends, Nawara Nawaf, and make music uh, at Concordia. And then when Nofi passed away, I went back to do my masters in that same building. And that's where I recorded the, I mixed the Arab Summit album. So I learned how to mix music at Concordia. Right. And then when I left and went on a solo career for a couple of years and came back to Montreal, I became one of the the staple English MCs in Quebec. And there was a guy teaching a hip hop course at Concordia, and he invited me to come be a guest lecturer in his class. And then he invited me to co-teach his class because he wanted to take on more classes. So I broke into the school the same way I broke into like the music game. It was an unorthodox, you know, I'm not coming through an endorsement, you know. Um, and i took over his class eventually and grew it from 17 people to 48 people to 96 people and now it's 200 people a semester what's the name of the what's the name of the
0: course
1: uh it's bigger than hip-hop is one of the courses and then beats rhymes in life is the other course so uh yeah it's been the biggest blessing of my life you know i get to interact with 18 to 22 year olds and see where the world is at and what the pulse is like for the generation after mine but also like pass down the gems that have been given to me you know uh in a non-orthodox way again like introduce them to edward Said for no reason introduce them to uh, marshall McLuhan out of the blue and see how they interact with it you know yeah um yeah it's a bit it's it's the i'm very grateful for that position i take it i do not take it lightly you know yeah
0: I, I'm, I'm curious how that sort of shaped your shaped your musical taste and sort of your the the palette of your interests
1: i mean i've always listened to everything i drive my family crazy because i listen to the loopiest music and then i listen to the oldest music um because i'm a researcher by nature right but i'm not like a i'm not like i write everything down kind of researcher i'm kind of just like soaking everything in i've always been like that but what's interesting about interacting with 18 year olds and and no and being aware of the hierarchy that I have and like trying to break that hierarchy with them the thing i've learned the most is that like they're having a harder time than we did when we were 18 we had a we had a very politicized time to live through when we were in those early days of university it was like the the world was in a weird place yeah whereas with them they kind of they don't exist in the moment you know, they, they tell me that they have trouble living in the moment because of the comparison culture that they were born into.
0: Hmm.
1: And an 18-year-old wasn't around on 9-11. They were born a couple of years after 9-11, yeah. right? So their experience of a politicized world is like the story that's being told to them. They didn't experience it. So their main struggle is like, how do I poke, how do I pay attention and not be anxious all the time because I'm distracted all the time?
0: You know, when I first became uh, more aware of your work, it was always through this like family production, right? Meeting sister and sister and other cousin and fake fake brother and uh, real brother and all <laughs> <that>. <laughs> all these different things, um, and hearing about this collective that you uh, that you run um, in collaboration with this family. Um, and then I went back and watched Fatwa, right? Your first video. And I saw that the opening line is another Sterling Sibling's production. I was like, oh, family has always been part of this since the very beginning. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I
1: I do collaborate a lot with family, but I I also feel very selfish at times, because I'm like trying to, I'm the one out of all of us that's always like, let me do the next thing, let me do the next thing. Like I'm unopening the box for us, you know? And everyone's like, yo, you need to chill, like you're doing a bit too much, you know. So having my sisters around, particularly I only have one sister, which is Hela, and she's my older sister. And she introduced me to much of the pop culture that I first got introduced to. Like I watched her, you know, and me and my sister have always been collaborative and imaginative. So as we got older, she was doing video work and I started making music and you know she i was living with her so we were making the music in in our home and uh she'd come up with ideas so i just like i don't really mess with people i find people in the creative industry very either driven by ego first or uh, what can they get out of the situation yeah. so i figured if i'm if we're gonna put anybody on let's put ourselves on as a family and just hold each other down circulate money internally when we get grants and Uh, in a a way where you're paying another artist, but you know them and you know how they benefit from it. You know what I mean? And the medium initially was not just family. It was the first year what we tried to do was have a group of friends work together. Mm -hmm. But after a year and a half, two years, we realized not everybody is going to take initiative for each other. It's very hard. And we didn't want to be the leaders per se. Right. Yeah. So we boiled it down to our core family and it just became tighter clearer, um, safer, um, you know, and more, More. who else do you want to feed but your tribe, you know? Yeah,
0: makes sense. Yeah. I want to talk about some of the names that you've had over the years, <laughs> right? Not unlike a lot of uh, hip-hop artists, na- names change, right? Common sense became common. Uh, there's, I mean, there's, there's too many to, to name. But I want to understand the sort of the shift in your music over the last two decades, how uh, Euphrates turned, you know, the narcissist, then why that shifted into Narcy, if that was more than just a name change?
1: I think the concept of AKAs uh, came to me through Wu Tang, you know? Yeah. Wu Tang was the first that was like, they had nine names and they were one person. And it also is like a very comic book thing. So, I used to read comic books as a kid, and I loved the aliases, mm-hmm. the different r- parts of the brain that every character played. So, Euphrates was me and two pro- two producers, uh, known as Sandhill at the time. They're yeah. uh, two brothers who are cousins to my better half. You know, before she was my better half, they mm-hmm. they used to be uh, my producers. So we were Euphrates. We were a collective. And then when I went solo, because uh, when Nofi passed away, we kind of disbanded the group and I went solo. I was always the narcissist within Euphrates, so I just kept that name. And obviously, it's all my music is about like doubting. It's about doubt. Like, a majority of my music is about doubting the world or doubting yourself or Mm -hmm. like, how do you overcome doubt, you know? so it was a you know it was a mirror of that and but then i started feeling like when i would walk into meetings people would be like oh that's the narcissist and everyone would go (laughs) and then there would be an awkward like wait that's really his name you know or is he so it started feeding back in itself and people started treating me like i was a narcissist and Mm -hmm. and it wasn't positive but all my friends would call me narcy right so when I did uh, World War Three, which was when I first used the Narsi name, I had just come back from the Emirates and trying to start a record label there. And I was like disillusioned with the game even more. And it was like Narsi became this, rebell- this rebellious version of me outside of the music industry. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not following any norms. I'm not trying to make singles. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, I'm just trying to create a body of work as an as a artist, you know. So that's why I chose that, I, and I toy with that. I'm always like, I feel like a kid. Like, when you look up Narsi, you find photos of uh, like either selfies or uh, Filipino girls, because the name Narcy is a common that's name a in thing. the Philippines. <laughs> so, so I'm like, <laughs> I said, just change my name to Yasine, but then most death changes name to Yasine. So I'm like, okay, uh, you know. So I'm constantly struggling with a name.
0: <laughs> that's so funny. All right, cool. Uh, let's let's get to the music. So we're gonna play three different clips, and then talk about each one uh, after it. Tell us a little bit about why you chose Space as the first interlude before we play it. Yeah, I mean, sp-
1: space, space is really Time. like a, a space t- from the album Space Time, but the, the song that, the, that you're about to play is the, the snippet of the song Space that I have with um, with Yasmeen Hamdan. And the the way that song came together really finished my album. She was in town. We went to see her show, then we went to have a drink with her. And I was like, hey, you want to go to the studio? She's like, sure, let's go to the studio. And we played her a bunch of shit and she picked this song. And like the song is about uh wanting to leave Earth. Not like it's not a suicide song, but it's a it's like a Escape. wanting to leave, yeah, wanting to leave all the troubles that we have around us in the in this time and this space, right? Yeah. Uh, and she and she came in like the alien like uh, the way i envisioned it is like this alien that comes down and like teaches you about earth and shows you the beauty around you again so it's one of my favorite songs that i've been a part of and it doesn't have my vocals on it but it's uh yeah it's an experience
2: for me Is it alright if we take a flight for free You're a sight to see Someone as bright as the night I see the moon in your horizon I just wanna go to space Man. Uh... I
1: just want to go to Spain. I might need a little Spain. Shout out to Lebanon. We shot that in Lebanon. Yeah, you that's know. in Tripoli. Yeah, man. Um, I was
0: about to ask you, uh, why you cho- chose Tripoli as a location you
1: know it's it's crazy because uh i had recorded this song with Leila, and it was such a beautiful experience to to work with them um like we were sending stems back and forth for like a week and we got that song done and it was such a uh it was so like a seminal to the project that i was like i have to shoot the video for this song right and i yeah. and i had to And it happened like overnight, I was in Dubai, I had a conversation with a friend of mine. She was like, oh, we can easily get funding for something like this. Got funding, flew to Lebanon a week later, put the concept together and found locations. And talking about family, as I was leaving Dubai, my sister was like, oh, you should shoot at this location. And she sent me, Um, um, she sent me a website with photos from the 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 world fair and I was like, I was like, what the, what, what is this? Like, and she did it so, like, impassing passing that she forgot that she did it. Yeah. Right. So, when I got to Lebanon, we went and visited it. Uh, we drove to it the, the second day that I got there. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is the video.
0: Yeah. Okay. We're going to do uh, the second interlude. Uh, this is a song that you uh, are on with Mos Def. Yasin Bey. Uh, it's called a tribe called Red. Um, do you want me to play a little bit of it now? Or you want to talk about? Give a little bit of an intro before we play a little bit.
1: Yeah, this is probably one of the most important moments in my career. I got to. This was the first music video that I ever directed myself. Um, I got to record a song with, with who one you know an MC that's in my top five MCs. Who was in my top five MCs before I met him, yeah. and we became friends you know, and and developed like a respect for he he respected my work, which meant a lot for me as an artist, but also to have the privilege to go to South Africa and shoot a video and be given the responsibility to shoot a video for what might be the most important indigenous group to come out of Canada in the music industry in the last like 10, 15 years, Tribe Called Red. You know, they had such a huge impact when they dropped and they're such so important. And to be to have the responsibility to deal with the Arab community, the black community, and the indigenous community working together mm-hmm. it was my greatest honor, you know, in my career so far. So um that's that's RED, man, a tribe called Red. All right, let's listen to a little bit of it. Confronted by the ally nation, alien nation, the subjects and the citizens see the material religions through trauma and numb. Nothing is related. All the things of the earth and in the sky have energy to be exploited. Even themselves, mining their spirits into souls sold. Into nothing is sacred, not even their self. The Ally Nation, Alia Nation.
2: Hey. the, hey. 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 the
1: hey. Illuminati, Emergency on Planet Earth. Hey. The currency is murder. You a man of worth. They say the day is coming. Drumming that You can't reverse. Watch the banner burn before the cannon burst. Don't taste an illusion. An the nation hallucinates. Hallelujah. Taste of the future. The people, the shower, the piss, of the coward. The trace in the future. Lonely martyrs. Magic carpets. Dirty blankets. Coca-Cola. soul control the holy waters. Middle East mode. Sand glorious. Cheat code and battle. With you and living kings, I mean it, I
2: mean I mean it, I mean it Yassin, the in the R.A.P. I mean it, I mean original nation with one tongue the...
0: Amazing! Thanks for sharing this. What's it like watching these things? In this video in
1: particular, I, I feel no bad feelings when watching it. I just feel I just smile because it's like I, I can't believe that happened. You know? Yeah. Um, but it's also surreal man because it it makes you realize that like i manifested a lot of things when i was a teenager listening to rap with my headphones and not talking to anybody and just visualizing like i visualized that experience before we even shot it i i don't know how to explain it but when i was on the ground there that uh, you know i was reading a book today uh a deepak chopra book as, as corny as that might be to some people but i, I was uh, and he was saying, like, the best way to manifest is when you let go, right? And like, when you don't expect the result, and then it comes to you. That was one of those experiences where I I subconsciously put that into the universe. Like, I'd love to work with X and X and X. And when I was in South Africa, there was so much serendipity that was happening. I was only there for three days in Cape Town you know,
0: yeah.
1: but we navig- we navigated it so easily and everybody was telling us it was going to be so difficult. And when we landed, Muhammad Ali passed away and there was all these like, wow, Muhammad Ali moments that happened. That's why the, my friend is wearing a Muhammad Ali shirt in the video. Mm-hmm. Like, it was one of those moments in my life that's like, uh, I don't know how to explain. There has to be a, a higher power, you know? Uh so I'm, so I'm forever grateful.
0: I want to talk to you about two things. One is, did you guys write the verses side by side, or I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, because you guys are referencing each other. There's like some, yeah, I mean, that's him, that's black, like, moments. Yeah, yeah, that that was that was most I was
1: yeah, seen. Like, he was in Montreal. Yeah. I I introduced him to Tribe. Then the next year he was in Montreal again, and they happened to be in town. And we got on stage together at Oshiaga, just like haphazardly. And then the studio session was set up another time, and we were all in town at the same time. And we spent like six hours in the studio, you know, uh, talking for a good like four hours. And as we were talking, I was writing down things that were said. Yeah. And that beca- that became my verse. And Yasin went in, and he had a he had this long verse, and he just he just sang the hook. It was like it just. You know, it didn't become about anything but this moment, which was why I love that song so much, yeah. All
0: right, we're gonna do this rapid fire question real quick. What song or album always makes you smile?
1: Fulfilling This First Finale by Stevie Wonder.
0: Is there, which one? I didn't didn't
1: catch you. First Finale by Stevie Wonder.
0: Is there an album that you listen to, no skips, Stevie's album that you listen to, No Skips?
1: Yeah, that one. There's uh, D'Angelo Voodoo. There's yeah. uh, The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. And mm-hmm. there's uh, so many, so many. Okay.
0: Um, who would you love to shadow for a day past or present? Uh,
1: if I could time travel, probably my grandfather in the 50s, you know? But if it's in the present... Uh, so many so many creatives like a christopher nolan while he's shooting a movie you know
0: tell me about it yeah okay so let's uh we have two questions in the chat the first one is from ahmed ahmed if you want to turn on your camera and unmute yourself you can go for it how's it
1: going man such a great uh talk and so good to be here with you both uh narcy i'm curious about the role of you mentioned through your classes you kind of get a pulse on what's happening what the kids are up to. Uh, But I'm curious about the zeitgeist in general, how that, you know, influences your work, uh, and maybe ways that maybe it's a distraction or a hindrance to what you're trying to do. No, I mean, a lot of my work is a reflection of what's, you know, I consume a lot of information. So a lot of my work is like processing that information, for sure. You know, I'm very in tune with like, Sundas always makes fun of me because she says like she'll tell me something and I'm like oh I didn't know that she's like oh you know finally I found something on the internet that you haven't read before me I'm always like on time so um no of course everything influences my work especially teaching because I have to be aware of what's happening in the world you know I can't be disconnected and just be reading out a book like I want them to I want to connect you know
0: Amazing. Thanks, Ahmed. Um, Ahmed, you're up next. You can unmute yourself. There you go. Hey. Hey, guys. Uh, Narsi, I love you. Um, I have two questions. One is how is is it about going back home to Iraq or about building a community in the West for you, Canada, or like finding inner peace within that space? Or is it like a physical how? or like, yeah. And I live in New York. So when I listen to that song, I'm very paranoid. Someone's going to open the door being like, We're, where are you going back to? You know, you're staying here.
1: Yeah. Uh, that song was sent to me with with Hamid's vocals already. So I based my verse uh, on the confusion of like, where am I going back to? Maybe I should just live in this. you know, at the end of my verse, I should just live in the sound, you know, like that's where I should be residing. So it's really about just returning to myself at the end of it all, I think, and not really... Holding on to the idea of having to be in one place and all the time, you know. Yeah,
0: um yeah. And the second, Ahmed. oh, if, go for it.
1: Yeah. Did Kanye West actually Facetime you the other day? And what did you guys talk about? Would you? <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it's an Instagram but, uh like a filter. You guys should. It would be an amazing song. It would. It would be. It's. a It would be a dream come true one day. We were talking about this earlier, actually. Thank you. Okay. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Ahmed. Okay. Uh, Let's Tala. Hi. Hi. Um, Yeah. Uh, I just have a question. Yeah. So as a creative, what is your priority when making your work? And like, what's the purpose that drives drives you to make what you make? Because I'm interested because I'm also like a visual art, like I'm a visual artist. So like, it's always interesting to see artists' purpose behind making their work.
1: I always just want to like expand my ability. So I've always seen, like if we're talking about music or visuals, it's like I I put it all in a universe. So when you look at all my work, I want it to all fit in this like world that you visit, you know. Um, so to make sure that there's like self-referential stuff in there that if you're a fan and a listener, you'll catch. Um, obviously, there's a cult- cultural purpose of just like sharing my story in a way that I would have wanted to hear. A story from an arab artist when i was younger like leaving breadcrumbs for the next generation and then just to enjoy the process like that's one of my main intentions is like as soon as this starts feeling like it's forced then i shouldn't be doing it you know um that's it set your intention before you start i think that's always very important it'll it'll make the process that much easier because there's no pressure then you know
0: um well listen narcy this has been really really a pleasure um everyone look up narcy wherever you look things up uh, it's easy to find him online check out the new album um this was a huge thrill for me thanks for making the time thank you
1: for sharing your space with me for doing a fikra in the first place you know i think it's such an important initiative and and uh, yeah man i appreciate you thank you for the time you gave me anything you need from me i got you
0: thanks man all right Peace and love to everybody. We will see you soon. Uh, We got another event tomorrow and probably one the next day. All right, everybody. This will go up on YouTube and on podcasts in a couple of days. So check that out. Peace. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you'd like to watch the full uncut version, go to youtube.com. There you can see the full video versions of these podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, go to afikida.com where you can learn about our Zoom events, our live events in 30 different chapters around the world, our social media presence, and our podcasts and YouTube stuff. You should know that everything we do is all towards a mission of converting passive interest in the histories and cultures of the Arab world into an active intellectual curiosity. By listening to this, you're a part of that movement, so thank you for being here. If you'd like to support our work, go to afikida.com support and join the hundreds of people around the world who make this work possible. Thanks.